When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. From Variety, celebrating more than 118 years covering the business of entertainment, this is the Award Circuit Podcast. So anyway, he's running a 400 meter dash and he he gets a, a world record time and they realize there's something about this kid. He's really fast and it just kind of goes from there. Michael Shannon has an extremely brief way of describing the flash in which he appears as General Zod. I'm Michael Schneider, and on this episode of the Award Circuit Podcast, we talk to Shannon about playing George Jones on Showtime's George and Tammy, as well as starring in Waco, The Aftermath for Paramount+. Plus. But first, on the Award Circuit Roundtable, as Emmy Phase 1 voting wraps, we give our predictions for the upcoming Emmy nominations. It's all next on this edition of the Variety Award Circuit Podcast. Stay close. Hey, everyone. Look alive. It's almost over. No, it's not. It's just beginning. We've got nominations coming on the 12th. But until then, this is it. This is the final episode until we find out who is nominated. So let's get into it. I'm uh, Variety. uh, Who am I? (laughs) You are Variety TV editor Michael Schneider. Clearly, I need uh, vacation. This is us. This is us. This is us not eligible this year. No. This is the loss of us. (laughs) (laughs) Ooh, we're just going to do uh, nice TV puns. For we we got some Clayton Davis here. We got I'm some uh, Jazz Tanke. And look who else we got. We got Janelle hey, Riley. You don't me up even in the go hallway. here. What's that? So you don't even go here. <laughs> it literally picked me up in the hallway because one of your cohorts has fallen. Yeah, shout out to Emily, who is uh, on... <laughs> the season got her. <laughs> That's yeah, what no kidding. The season eventually gets R- her. R- she R- actually is human, it turns out. Yeah. R.I.P. Emily. Yeah. Season yeah. finale, Emily. <laughs> Let's be clear, Emily is alive. <laughs> she's just she's just under the weather she's today. Is she though? Exhausted. I mean, oh, well, we don't. Yeah. We did not we kill Emily off. This. None of us have talked about it. What today. a cliffhanger. I did uh, slack her this morning. She did. Well, I, I believe she slacked me back. Yeah, uh, it could have been her cat. It could have been a drug. Were you giving her, <laughs> giving her slack? I was giving her slack. <laughs> <laughs> we are on fire Love today. It. Yeah. Well, he's so. Uh, first off, I think the headline of this season is the fact that is a cake is not eligible. That's it's, <laughs> let's let's cancel the entire Emmy season. Justice for Mikey Day. Justice for is a cake. It sucks, man. That was like the no man's land of just, is it Kate? Yeah. It's never going to get its Emmy due. Maybe season two. For season two, I've, I've watched uh, screeners, I believe, that Margo's up. But yeah, yeah. Anyway, so, I liked it. I liked they it. changed categories on it? Is that so what happened? what happened was uh, the primetime Emmys uh, got game show for the first time this year because 
the TV Academy moved it. And because of that, it fell into a weird eligibility window. So they extended the eligibility window for game shows. It's like an 18-month period. However, uh, Is It Cake was not accepted as a game show. It had a compete in competition program. And they did not extend the window for that. But Is It Cake had planned on going daytime Emmy. Okay. So argument, which I find to be a very relevant one, they should have like made exception because yes. they had planned to go right. daytime and mm. didn't plan on getting so kicked out. So they didn't out. have a chance to get it in the... So the season okay. one is in a no man's land and it's and it's sad. Here we yeah. are. Maybe we give it an award. Maybe that's the... the we should give them the, the, the roundy. The roundy. Round, the roundy <laughs> the round award. The roundy. For, for the round table. Is it cake? You get the first roundy of the season. But I I am excited for this uh, game show category now because it because it's a mix of like you know primetime and just like your 11 o'clock when you stayed home from work uh game shows like Price is Right is going to yep. be there and uh, obviously Jeopardy and that's my jam and a $100,000 pyramid all the stuff that makes us feel alive yeah. like we're smart. <laughs> you haven't mentioned the best show on television which is Wheel of Fortune and who I know is currently looking for a host. <laughs> Just want to throw out there again. All right guys, announcement. Let's, <laughs> Let's go. Who's, who's go. applying? Who wants to be my Vanna? Yeah. Wait, why would I be your Vanna? You be my Vanna. <laughs> I'm oh. By the way, I'll take it. That's the easiest job in television. I will I stand think, up there yeah. and just push those buttons. Oh my gosh, I remember. I actually have it on video somewhere where Vanna missed a letter one time in like 40 years. <laughs> oh, I remember and that. It, yeah, and it wasn't yeah. her fault. They didn't, it didn't light up on time. It's like, so like people were very defensive about oh, her. You like, have one job, Vanna. Yeah. But, but it really wasn't her it, fault. It, it didn't light up. But Pat time. Sajak, who is now retiring, is submitted as game show host because there's a game show host category different from reality host, which I completely missed. Uh, I kind of thought they were all going in a bulk thing, and that's not the case. But uh, Pat Sajak will be there, but coincidentally, not Vanna White. She wasn't submitted. And then I no, that's not cool. I did some research, and like she's never been submitted, and she's listed as a host because she does quite a bit of talking and interacting. Yeah, she's a she's a co-host, and I and I think she should be there. So I think so too. But you know who probably doesn't think she should be there? Mm. Her co-host. Yes. (laughs) Vanna gets another gets a roundy award from us. Justice for Vanna. Pat Pat Sajek is not known as a progressive uh, kind Mm -hmm. of guy who would be willing to share the spotlight or anything so oh you um, know he's the second he leaves wheel of fortune there's gonna be some crazy stuff that goes down oh yeah well he's already like he's he's taking over like some right-wing school or something right i just okay let's not go down that path let's let's (laughs) not like liberty yeah yeah so moving on but just for everyone to know only three uh women have been nominated as game show hosts in the entire Emmy history. So we should get a couple more. I think we might have even two or three this year, which is going to be added. Isn't Jane Lynch one in that category? She's never been nominated as really? a, as a game Oh, maybe show. she was in a different category? Well, no, no, I'm sorry. Yes. Wait, I'm sorry. Let me rephrase. We've had three winners. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. Three winners over that. So two winners, one of them won twice. Okay. Meredith Vieira and Betty White are the winners. That's Aww. what I meant. Yeah. Okay. So justice for Betty White. At least <laughs> there is some justice. Of course, in the world. she was the first one to do it. Like when I saw, I was like, "Of course you were." Yeah. Was it for like password or something? Oh my god. Back in the I have it in front or... of me. Well, because remember, her husband, her late yeah. husband, was the original host of Password, yes. so that makes sense. Right. She was. Oh, a NBC, 1983, NBC's Just Men. 
What? What? <laughs> what is that? Uh, I don't know. I, was, I thought was, you would have known that of any no. of us. So then that's. Uh, oh my god! That that that's going to require some YouTube. Yeah, I'm doing a deep dive. Yeah. After yeah. And, then, and then Meredith Vieira won in 2005 and 2009 for Who Wants to Be Who a wants, Yeah, yeah, the syndicated version. So. All right. Well, okay. So we got talk show out of the way. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> game show. We don't okay, have talk I'm sorry, show. Game show. Because talk, we, talk. Yeah, series. we haven't talked. To, yeah, we're gonna have five nominees this year. Oh, yeah? Love yes, it. Yes, because we have uh, we have t- twenty submissions. Nor no, is it nineteen? Nineteen. They, they, nineteen. They, you like, can round we're up. Rounding up. Okay, round that's up. bullshit. Yeah, <laughs> but fine. So two uh, departers, James Corden and Trevor Noah, are in the in the race. No, John Oliver it was moved out of. That category yep. into scripted variety. Scripted variety. We love that scripted variety show, <laughs> John Oliver. Now all the singing and dancing. Um, I think this is Colbert's best shot to come back on top, probably in, in quite some time. He hasn't won in like I don't know pre well, Oliver, pre Oliver, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. pre Oliver days. Yeah, and then uh, we have Jimmy Kimmel, who's never missed, which is a very weird fact. He's never missed. Yeah. He's always nominated. He's always yep. nominated. And then uh, Seth Meyers Seth is in, in, in the nominated race. for the first time last year, wasn't yep. he? Yes, yeah. and that's why I'm like I'm so nervous to predict him because it just happened, and I'm like, yeah. is this a regular thing? Well, do you think it's based, because last year, I mean, you had Oliver in there too, and so now we're actually going to be adding another person. So I would think everyone who was nominated last year besides Should get Oliver in gets back, and then yeah. there's that bonus. Who's who's that other person who's showing up? And I. Yes, and but uh, what got added is John Stewart. That it's oh. John Stewart. John yes. Stewart. Yeah. John just, Stewart just answered that question. The problem with John Stewart is that he is John Stewart, and, and 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 I and I really do believe that you know as much as uh, social media flack as James Corden gets for being James Corden, I think he's a very nice man. Um, I think that final show season thing is going to help him and Trevor a ton, which awesome. is interesting because Trevor. The Daily Show with Trevor Noah was obviously submitted. His guest hosts, John Leguizamo, Marlon Waynes, were submitted as guest actor comedy. Oh, that's interesting for their one-week hosting gigs. As just The Daily Show. Do we think, by the way, because obviously the talk shows have been off for several weeks due to the writer's strike, that that's impacted at all the – the, the, their place or is everyone sort of frozen at the end of April? I thought so for a while, but – and maybe this, this is me in an insulated bubble, so maybe it just doesn't reach the masses. I thought like Jimmy Fallon, the news about him not paying his writers, I think he was the first one that like got out yeah. there. I thought that was like, oh, damn, like you're like, – you're, everyone's going to know that and now you're out of the running. Not that he was really going to get in because he hasn't been there in quite some time. But I thought that was something yeah, that Yeah, it's hard impacted. to tell. Like when you talk about Corden, it's like I don't know if most Emmy voters, you know, know that he gets dragged on social media. Yeah. Like they right. still nominate him every year. Because that's still... just social media. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's 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 really hard yeah. to tell. And they do – I mean they, the, the production values that they, they put into, yeah. especially that final season of uh, Corden and, and some of the things they did at the very end I think yeah. will, will benefit. Yeah. He probably has more of the like viral moments between carpool karaoke and you know, everything else. Which is what he'll win for. Yeah. I mean so the, the argument people make like, well, he'll get it for carpool karaoke, not the show. But, you know, they, now, now that they only have – five slots they're not voting for as much as they want i think there are choices that are going to get made 
And well, then, so on the scripted variety side, you have three slots instead of two, which, uh, you know. Ooh, what an increase, <laughs> man. <laughs> and it's, and it's Slow down, everybody. I know. <laughs> and, and basically that just means that it's SNL, Black Lady Sketch Show, and then John Oliver, right? Because he just moves over. Oh, that's, that's it. Right. That. So it's sort of, what so did this? Why does what I think you should be? leave Keep Missing? Be- because it, because it goes into short form That's variety right. because of the runtime. It's so stupid. It's a That's dumb rule. So it's 16 stupid. minutes long and he should totally be a 22 Justice minute show. Justice for the singing crooner. Sorry, the driving crooner. <laughs> um, but I will say, I mean, yes, there's a default three in that category, which is exactly what Mike just said. However, we forget uh, Mr. Mel Brooks is in the race this year. Mm, yeah. Yeah. And say what you will about History of the World Part 2 and I know it's been it was like a long road coming and some people weren't as big on it, but as we know in this business, not about like critically acclaimed that right. gets you into the Emmy race sometime. Ask anyone that was on Kaminsky Method that long. So no, I, I, I good. don't, I, Why would oh, you say that, that? that one just big bang theory too. But anyways, go, going back, I, th- I think history of the world has potential to break into that lineup. And again, you only get three. So choices. what does it replace? My, my fear, right? <laughs> my fear, don't, don't even say it. My no. fear is what it is. I know what you're saying. Yeah, but, yeah. But I do wonder if people look at John Oliver's name there and go, like, what? Yeah. Yeah. I do wonder, too. They say, this isn't a scripted variety show. Yeah. Like, wh- why is John Oliver next to Black Lady Sketch? And I that could be impactful. That could be an interesting. I, I mean, if, if that happens, then I think. Oh, 100% HBO petitions to move it back next right. year. They win <laughs> right. that Did petition. John Oliver- yeah. Or HBO want? No, they got know? kicked. No. They got kicked out oh, by the TV Academy. Oh, interesting. Okay. Yeah, we we find out who gets kicked out and who actually <laughs> asks to leave. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, but again, and we've been talking about this all all season. Is this this change did not do anything? Yeah, it did not benefit anyone. It's it's just made things even more confusing. Yeah. So, just want to say it's going to be alongside Inside Amy Schumer, also scripted variety. Z Way, the final season, not really scripted variety. Should be talk. Crank Anchors. Gotta love Crank Anchors. I didn't even know it was back. It, it is back. Oh Stephen Colbert presents Tuning Out the News. Which I do Ooh. watch. is very funny. But again, uh, a lot of these shows could just be comedy. Yeah, that's just yeah. a comedy. That's a straight yeah. up. Well, so is Crank Anchors. That's yes, just a comedy. Right. And thank so. you, BYU TV, for giving us Studio C one more time so we can get that uh, that four number we're looking for. That, it's so bizarre. <laughs> is I that mean, a show? Some, some of these that is a show. Yeah, it's a also, su- Amazon Music Live got uh, put into scripted variety, and I didn't don't think I know what okay. that is. Does it's anyone know what that is? Does anyone know what it is? live music show. Uh, it got into scripted variety, so I don't know. Uh, uh, we'll find out yeah. another time. Wow, this is but yeah, crazy th- 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 this me. is. All... I don't know how you keep track of all this. No. Oh, that's no I'm, I'm looking sick. at my list. Like, there's no way you can like know this. But that's the thing. The Emmy voters, I think, don't even know no. all yeah. these changes. So no. it gets kind of interesting. But inside baseball, something I realized because I filled out my first Emmy ballot this week. I was very excited about it. So proud. And of I, I, I am. I am. But something that it does when you're filling it out. It presents it in alphabetical order, but not always A to Z, depending it gives it Z to A. And I took note of like what categories were giving me Z to A. So I like looked at drama and that gave me Z to A. So I was like, oh, that means White Lotus is near the top. Mm. And then I started it started coming to me. I was like, what if the crown? Oh. Because it's C. And remember, you only get eight choices. 
what if it's just yep. like not that? And you've been checking things yep. off, and then you get down on to the, the way. Yep. I, I I started kind of doing this whole like, how do you travel down the ballot mentality? Is it that way? Are you sure that that's the way the ballot looks for everyone, or do different people? I don't know it if it's in, for. Yeah. I mean, I would imagine that it's not just for me, but like I think that's yeah. for everybody. I was thinking maybe it randomly scrambles. It, 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 in the category, it just it just kicks back and forth. I think they do that on purpose because. They don't want anyone yeah. to, you know, because if it's Andor, Andor is going to be top of every yeah. thing. And Andor Atlas. Atlas. Yes. Yeah. No, I think they're just keeping track of you. Yeah. I, I think yeah. they're, they're yeah. very specific track of uh, An alias, what Clayton's Because we're, we're back in the yeah. 90s. It's yeah. box time. That, I can't believe Alias has not been rebooted. That is one <laughs> I mean, show that is like crying. Put it out there. You just said it. And yeah. It's going to happen tomorrow. <laughs> All right. So why don't we uh, hit some of the major categories All real right. quick. Just our- Drama. Our, yeah, final thoughts. So, uh, question: Is HBO going to tie the NBC record? Do you think it gets four drama series noms? That would be Last of Us, Succession, White Lotus, and House of the Dragon. Do we feel like they're all in? I think it's a good possibility. Really, I, I'm confident about three. Yeah, and is same. is that number four House? Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's that's. I can't the again. Hump. I can't tell because you know it's it's no. Not giving the show short shrift, but like Game of Thrones was so epic and so talked about. And so to say like, well, this show isn't as talked about is like silly because mm-hmm. of course it's not going to be. But I don't I don't know if we're just assuming. So, someone, someone said something very uh, like it made sense to me because when I was talking about what if the crown like missed, they said to me, well, we're – and they've heard me say this, that we're assuming that the Emmys are going to be really cool and go with all this genre sci-fi stuff, right? Like Last of Us and or House of the Dragon. But there are more like traditionalist conservative TV Academy members that are into prestige television. Their votes who don't go for the genre probably go for like The Crown. Or so, 1923. Or 1923. I think, yes, yeah, I think 1923 has a – I mean, more or less in there. I, we've just been here before with Yellowstone, man, and it is like – PTSD. Right. Handmaid's Tale could make a return too, but I feel I don't know. Like I think Handmaid's Tale could make a return. Um, there is going to be. I don't like. Call, I can't think of another word, and I'm sure there's a better one. Uh, I want to say lazy, but like an establishment vote choice, and Handmaid's Tale would be that. What we would do in the shadows and comedy would be that. So there are shows that people have just been with for a while. They'll just keep going back. Yeah, I suppose. I, I mean, yeah. Handmaids at least is a previous winner. And, yeah, and exactly. It's, it's sort of elevated. So um, is the Crown, <laughs> right? So Swept. no, I, I think the Crown is is pretty much a given. Yeah. Do you think Yellow Jackets is uh, back? Or on the bubble. Does Yellow Jackets and uh, we talked about this before? Do Yellow Jackets oh, and Yellow Stone <laughs> do they, do they cancel each other out? Jacket um, Stone. Here, question for you. Going back to House of the Dragon, real quick. Do you think if the official title had been Game of Thrones colon House of the Dragon, that would have cemented it? Yes, that would have helped. Really? 100%. I think it would have helped. I think there is something to be said about titles like mm-hmm. it, I, I, if anyone's ever seen the distinguished gentleman with eddie murphy <laughs> uh, when he runs for congress <laughs> and they it, it's, yeah it's uh it, i love that movie yeah. so much shirley ralph is in it actually yes, mm-hmm. um and um what's his name in the movie uh ron john uh no jeff johnson mm-hmm. and he's like and the people walk into the ballots and they're like oh don't we always vote for jeff johnson they just like check it off and they game of thrones yeah house of the dragon might have been like oh yeah 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 well, so, so yeah, I, I do think that's probably still a given just because you've got so many of these other bubbling under shows that are going to cancel each other out a little bit. I did see a pundit out there predicting the diplomat. 
And I was like, you I know. mean, it could absolutely happen, yes. Late Breaker. Big you never Buzzy, know. yeah. Famous people that. that they know, Carrie yeah. Russell, you know, on that show. That could help a ton. Old Man is uh, the Kaminsky method. That vote. was mm-hmm. the other thing I was going to yeah. say. I would not underestimate the old man. Yeah. I, think, I think Bridges and John Lithgow are probably going to get in. So I, you just have to assume that the show probably has a really good shot. Uh, and then you've got Bad Sisters. That's sort of bad. Bad Sisters was bubbling under, and you know that that could kind of sneak in. Going to throw in Queen Charlotte. <clears throat> yep, don't count that out. A lot of people out. really liked Queen Charlotte. Queen, Queen Charlotte's I, I mean, really the question good. always becomes: Did enough people watch it? I think that's always like the question for all these shows. I think that's the one thing it doesn't need to worry about. <laughs> I think you, everyone you, you, watched Queen Charlotte. I, oh, I don't think. I don't. Yeah, really? yeah. I don't. I don't think because I don't. Well, you have estimated viewership, so yeah, yeah. I do. <laughs> I, well, because I, 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 you you only go by like the conversations that you like have around the town, kind of thing, and I just don't hear it come up. And then I always also equate it to regular people in my life. Did anyone say like, oh, like I love that Queen show. Charlotte? Yeah, I yeah, love that show. See, that's where I heard it the most because I know a lot of normies. Mm. And so, yeah. <laughs> and those were the people who were talking about it. And I think that it had the benefit of they were actually surprised how good it was. You know, yeah. it sounds like a cash grab. It sounds like, oh, yeah. let's, let's go back and tell this character. Because season two of Bridgerton was so kind of like rough. Um, and it's actually, it's really good. And it's like addressing these issues of mental health and yep. like, you know, uh, interracial marriage. Like, I think people were, were caught off guard by how good it was. Yeah. Does Andal make it in? I think it makes it in over Mandalorian, but definitely, definitely over Mandalorian. Definitely. Um, but, but of the, the, what about the boys? Does the I, boys come I in before those two? I think the, 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 it's been so long. The boys has better call Saul disease right now that it's just so long ago that it, the the I season really, came. Yeah, didn't even. But better, but, mm-hmm. but better call Saul is. I really feel like it's going to make it. Yeah. Whereas yeah. the boys, I think, is going to struggle. But you never know. Let's talk comedy. Let's talk comedy. Hey. So we yeah. have our givens, which we again talked about last week. Ted Lasso, yep. Abbott Elementary, The Bear. Yeah. The, yeah, those are your three givens. Yeah. And then probably only murders. I mean, come on. Actually, How, I would say you... Barry is a soft four. Yeah. Over only murders. Yes. Because, again, going to eight slots. Mm. Maisel is your establishment choice. Yeah. So I right? think, think you got the, the That's five. That's your top five. five. I think oh. Poker Face gets in. Well, I would put shrinking. I'd put only murders over both of those. Ooh. Ooh. Right? This is a good debate. How um, do you think you're right? I, I have – so there are two shows that I think are really bubble – could be shocking misses, and that's only murders and Wednesday. Really? I just want Jerry Duty in. I, <laughs> so, all I so Doesn't everybody do want Jerry Duty to come in? I just want Marsden nominated. <laughs> Finally, that I is my. I don't dream. think enough people know that it's uh, it's eligible for comedy. <gasps> I, I just don't think it's going to be po- top of mind. People are going to be looking for it in other yeah. categories, and they're not going to find it, and then suddenly they're going to forget about voting. And for now Jerry that's and now that, unfortunately, and now that supporting comedy actor has seven nominees instead of eight. Now I really don't think he's going to make it. I was so this poor guy always uh, gets overlooked. <laughs> So good and dead to me. I shut that for yeah. sure. He get nominated that year. You know, maybe they should start like putting together like now that people are working on several different shows at once. Just like you nominated like for just all one time for body all. of work, for body of work. Yeah, the oh, season. Uh, okay, so we get uh, Brandon Scott Jones from uh-huh. Ghosts and the other two. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, but what do you do we when they? Marston what do you do when they cross oh, this genres? Is, this is a column idea for Phase Two. <laughs> oh oh my gosh. Gosh. You get three. It's a trend. Body quick, of work. Yeah. I mean, you have, there's a bunch of people that are. Like have four or five, like Niecy Nash has the rookie feds and Dahmer. Like, well, yeah. what, what do you do? Has, 
Yellow Lewinsky. Jackets and Lost of Us. Yep. You're not actually mentioning like the funniest show out there, though, which makes me very nervous. Shrinking? The other two. Oh, yeah. Uh, the other two. I feel like it's bl- – and again, I don't know if this is just because I can't shut up about it, or but I feel like people are actually yeah. talking the other, about The other two has a very, very dedicated fan base. It's, Including yeah. Ad Variety. Yeah, yeah Ad Variety. Yeah. Yeah. And we talk about this we a lot. We even pushed it. We had our Did podcast the other day. Yeah, it predicted the future again. Disney announced – or sorry, Pixar yeah. presented its first non-binary yeah. character the same it's week. hysterical. Yeah, after I mean, the- Carrie Dubeck hmm. voiced – the um, what was it? Unapologetically gay globby. Yeah. Yep. No. No one is doing better satire of the industry than the other two. It's eerie. it's just genius. The, genius. The, the other two, and I I throw like Mo in this boat. I also th- would throw like, I mean, it really doesn't feel like this, but Reservation Dogs probably too. We remember like be- when Better Things was making a run with Pamela Adlon. Yeah. Like yeah. It was, that was and Fleabag. I would also say was like a very niche show that was able to break out and obviously it did it swept the Emmys that year. Um the other two has such a dedicated fan base and I think maybe like somebody somewhere, which I feel is going to have its breakout somewhere down the line. I think now that Barry will be gone and uh, Maisel will be Maisel gone. will be yeah. gone. And maybe Ted Lasso question yeah. mark. I don't know. Like whatever. Yeah. Um definitely yeah. not next season. Yeah. So so I think that will open it up for another two to get in down the line if they can get it together. Keep keep it going. But yeah, for maybe some of these, like you mentioned, somebody some somewhere. Is, there there are so many of these shows that are so great but just bubbling under. But I will say something about shrinking though, that like endless my favorite show of the year, everyone knows so this. <laughs> I am now so super worried about it because we're down to five lead actor comedy, which now I had to pull Jason Siegel out of that five because I think there's this – it it pained my heart because you have two Only Murders Boys. You have Bill Hader. You have Jason Stakis. You have Jeremy Allen White. It's a very tight five. It's a tight five. Then we have seven supporting actress comedy, and then I was like, I need Jessica Williams there so much, but – I'm recognizing that that may happen. You're taking away two key nom- nominations like that. And I'm like, is Shrinking going to make the eight? Like, mm-hmm. like, like, is my Harrison Ford prediction still going to come true? You know, in this in this landscape. So I now I'm a little worried about Shrinking, but I still think enough people stick with it for a bit. But mm-hmm. back to the only murders potential like thing. Sophomore seasons usually get a slumpish like showing, and. Steve Martin, Martin Short are like the four or five of their category. I'm, even though she's better this season than she was last season, she missed last season. I, I feel like Selena Gomez is not going to make it again because mm-hmm. there's five. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's five. Um, so then I don't think it's going to get writing. I don't think it's going to get directing. It starts like, you know, not adding up to a lot of nominations. So I think it's vulnerable. I think it's vulnerable. Yeah. Yeah, and then and again, we we talked about this earlier. They probably waited too long to premiere this new season, and and if we were already in the middle of season three, then it'd be right. definitely be like, more. Oh top yeah, of you gotta do it. Yeah. All right, limited. Oh, let's limited. get to limited. Oh, limited. Monster Dahmer, the Jeffrey Dahmer story featuring Monster the Dahmer. I was gonna say, <laughs> <laughs> you left up a couple Dahmers there. Um, can I just say something about like first of all, limited? Not a very good category this year. Like, it, I, 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 I it, it's. The well, years, like in terms of like the like 
it used to be we used to say the best shows on television are limited series, and that's not the case. This well, because I would I would say, and again, we've talked about this too, is that half of the shows that are probably the front runners don't feel like limited shows; they just feel like shows. They're, yeah. they're dramas or they're comedies, and and so there there's like less weight this season because we're dealing less with the, you know the age of back when these were true event series and the now they're just days now they're yeah. just now they're just shows yeah they're just shows on I'm television i'm just gonna say again i think that welcome to chippendales has been vastly underrated Agreed. I, think, I think i think murray bartlett's gonna get in because supporting limited categories now have seven which is weird because supporting actress limited i feel like i'm really stretching to get to seven names like three i think three women are about to get in from Dahmer, and it's gonna be like I guess, sure. But like Nisi Nash, obviously, I think she's like the front runner for it. But I think uh, Michael Learned is going to get into. Uh, then you have any of the beef women like Maria Bello or Ashley Park. But limited as a uh, in the series category, I think you can pencil in Dahmer for sure. Dahmer's getting in. I think Blackbird feels safe. Uh, yeah, yeah. I can just give Paul Walter Hauser like I think three those are, or four. Yeah, of those, th- 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 those are the two surefire things. I think beef is ish third. And then you have to choose between Fleischman is in trouble, Daisy Jones and the Six, Love and Death, and George and Tammy. I think a small light gets in. I feel like it had a really good late small break. Small light is yeah. freaking fantastic, and I right? think Leah Schreiber. Again, is... it's it's didn't like it, it was so loud in that yeah. phase one period. I just wonder if enough people saw it. Yeah, but but I do think uh, if if there are any shows that benefited from the last minute FYC push, probably a small light. Yeah, because that was everywhere in the last like couple of days also i think it would be strange because i think both le- actors and george and tammy are getting nominated to not nominate the show and i, that's thi- what I think and i that's what kind of been my uh application of the thought is like it it's gonna get multiple noms and you have to right. assume that the show probably gets into and fleischman interesting because i felt safe about it for a long while and then i did some research it didn't get in anywhere during the guild season I and it wouldn't talk about it and it was like open for it yeah. like it got in nowhere just clear danes and i think it got a, a writer's guild nomination so it never got a series nom anywhere so now i'm like maybe it's maybe it's not that safe but who knows and then daisy jones i love daisy jones but again i have nightmares daily <laughs> Where do you have tiny beautiful things uh pretty down there like 14 but it's down there with like White House plumbers, the patient. The patient, I think, was actually widely seen. I just don't think it had a lot of staying power. But also, I think it could also have like two actors nominated, Carell and Domino Gleason. I have very mixed feelings because I think Paul T. Goldman is a documentary show. Oh, yeah. And <laughs> so I'd love to see it nominated. But I think the director of Paul T. Goldman would also agree yeah. with you. <laughs> I think anyone who saw Paul T. Goldman <laughs> would agree it's a documentary. Yeah, and then you also have that weird uh, instance of documentary now. Suddenly I know, the, right? The yeah. limited <laughs> anthology category, I love that, which... limited, that limited documentary now series. Yeah. God. So it's – it's it's been an interesting year for rules and and just you know classifications. Nobody knows we're where to put little, anything. We're anymore. a little inconsistent nowadays. And then uh, we also can't count out Obi Wan Kenobi. I think I, I think, I think uh, Star Wars is Star Wars, but I don't think there's room for two Star Wars. I think only one, and they're in different categories, obviously. But I just think one of them gets it. It's either Andor or Obi. Shout yeah. out to Mrs. Davis, by the way. I mean, I they they say. tried they tried hard for that, and I think uh, Peacock, I think, was just as a entity the loudest during this phase one as a streamer and i think they did wonders for poker face i think poker face might get in i think natasha's definitely in but um 
I don't know what happens in the guest categories. Actually, d- nice, interesting development with the supporting comedy categories now having seven. We might have a first time in a long time, no SNL actors. Well, I feel like mm. people have cooled on SNL yeah. because usually they dominated the guest categories. And last year, they, I don't, they I think only got one. Got in, yeah. Gerard. Um, Going to a TV movie real quick. The one thing that I hadn't really realized, and I'm I'm concerned because, as you know, I'm I'm Weird Al fan, number one, National Treasure. But the fact that he could very well be going up against Dolly Parton, the other National Treasure, (laughs) I mean, that's not fair. You can't put two national treasures against each other. That's that's just not fair. Do you choose? I don't know. I don't know. I I really love Weird. But Weird was such a great movie. I, I think Weird. Aside from my Harrison Ford prediction, I think Weird is winning in a like walk. Like I think yeah, it's like really. cakewalking. So, like because listen, they're not cool enough to do a prey. Like no. they, they're just not that cool yet. Um, they're definitely not cool to do Beef Somebody had do the universe because that would be <laughs> amazing. Right. Um, reality, sure, I guess they want to be serious about it. But as saw, I think too many people actually see that and they think it's a reality show. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then Fire yeah. Island, I think, I, you know, it's funny, but, you know, they just don't, they don't do stuff like that. So I really, I do think Weird's going to win, but I don't think Dolly Parton's going to make it this time around. Mm. Oh. Because, I mean, just doubt Dolly at your own peril. But, you know, it's, it, I, I always say there's different machines at work because Dolly won for Netflix when she was on Netflix. This is NBC. I don't know if people yeah, like remember it. That's true. Yeah. It is a mountain magic Christmas though with Dolly Parton. So that's something they did a Christmas. Christmas uh, Zoe, and Dolly Parton. Zoe Zoe's Christmas. Yeah. It's Christmas duh. Um, but you know, it, it, at the very least, a weird nomination hopefully cements weird being at the Emmys. Maybe, maybe he just opens the Emmys. Maybe it's just a like all Weird Al Emmys. Yeah. I think he's getting in for song, so he might be there, there twice. Yeah, creative arts and prime I, I think, time. I think he could totally get in writing also. That it's a really well written movie. Oh, God. Yeah. And I think Ra- Daniel Radcliffe's going to get in. I'm pretty sure. I feel kind of good about him. You know, so we'll have some nice fun. I no- actually think Evan Rachel Wood. Is a dark horse contender for supporting. Ah, I thought that for a bit, and then I thought her and Julianne Nicholson were going to like split votes. Oh, God, Julianne Nicholson, because <laughs> she's also she's fantastic. We have the same birthday, um, and she. I just thought like she'd be like the establishment choice, and then Evan Rachel Wood also has like Westworld. Tom too. Lennon as the uh, accordion door to door salesman. <laughs> I mean, That's it's my favorite part. Yeah, and we, we know nine one one is also a uh, contender. So there's... a wonderful heist. So. Yes. <laughs> Um, so there is a lot to look forward to. Uh, I you think- forgot to mention the most important nomination that we could have, Vanderpump Rules. <laughs> oh, no, I didn't forget. I just yeah, tried just- to stop this podcast before we got there. Best drama series. We don't have another hour, sorry. <laughs> oh, no, we don't. It's going to be so good. Congratulations, yeah. Bravo. It was well done. Yes, exactly. Thanks, Bravo. <laughs> bravo, Bravo. Bravo, Bravo. And on that note, um, we're going to take a few weeks off now, and uh, we'll wait and see uh, how, uh, you know, whether Wrong or not we were. you make- <laughs> Make us proud, TV hey, Academy. I'm just a guest She's got no. I can come in and burn the place stay. down. Either we're proud or we're disappointed in you, TV Academy. It's your call. So we'll find out. We're back the week of nominations. We will see you then. Till then, have a great uh, July Fourth holiday and uh, justice we'll... for James Marsden. <laughs> Happy Canada Day, and we'll see you on the other side. <laughs> bye bye. After the break, George and Tammy star Michael Shannon. 
From Los Angeles, this is the Award Circuit Podcast. Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. And we're back. It's the Variety Award Circuit Podcast. I'm Michael Schneider. George and Tammy marks a reunion for Michael Shannon and Jessica Chastain, who co-starred in Jeff Nichols' 2011 film Take Shelter. In that film, Shannon plays a man with visions of an oncoming apocalypse who builds a shelter for his family, while Chastain, in one of her first film appearances, is his wife. This time, based on the memoir by the couple's daughter, Georgette Jones, George and Tammy chronicles the country music power couple Tammy Wynette and George Jones, as played by Chastain and Shannon, and whose complicated but enduring relationship inspired some of the most iconic music of all time. You ever been to Mexico? Uh-uh. Oh, it's a fantastic country. Tomorrow, you and me head down there, and in the morning, we'll get you a divorce. And in the afternoon, a new husband. Mexico can do that? Mexico can do anything. Who am I marrying? Oh, shoot. I got that part. Mm, you did. Miss Tammy Wynette? Mm-hmm. Will you make me an honest man? You make me an honest woman? You bet. On the day he joins Variety's Janelle Riley, he's talking about his recent television work as Jones in the Showtime Limited series and starring in and producing Waco The Aftermath for Paramount+. Plus. But Shannon has just landed from New York, where his directorial debut, Eric LaRue, premiered at the Tribeca Film Festival. And after this interview, he's off to the premiere of The Flash, in which he reprises his role as General Zod. They began by discussing how Austin Butler had recently complimented Michael Shannon's work. I did a lot with Austin Butler over the last few months. Oh, okay. And we did a little cover story on him, and I opened with a story where he talked about how he and Tom Hardy were watching you do a two-page monologue. Have you heard this story? Uh, Oh, what, on set? Yes. No, uh, I haven't heard this story. This, this is his exact quote. Jeff called cut and Mike walks away and Tom turns to me and goes, it doesn't get any better than that. <laughs> now, Austin Butler says Hardy was referencing Shannon's performance, which he says, quote, wasn't even watching an actor. I was watching a human being living in front of you. Oh, damn. <laughs> wow. I, I don't know what to say. I mean, I... um. I, I, you know, I did. That's not a huge part I have in Jeff's next movie, The Bike Riders. But it, there, yeah, there was a, a couple of juicy little uh, speeches in there for sure. But um, wow, that's extraordinarily uh, flattering. Are you aware, though? I mean, like when you're on a set or when you're working with people, that that you do carry this weight with you. That that a lot of your fellow actors are very much in awe of you. Wow. <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's not fair there's no way to i guess yeah that i mean so. <laughs> no i mean i guess maybe uh well i am trying not to act i guess or just trying to be i get the impression that's what most people are up to though but like yeah ideally you get um yeah, you get far enough into it where you're not yeah i don't know i i you i i, I just don't really think of it like 
it's ironic because I really don't. I'm really not thinking about trying to impress anybody at all, because that's not how in real life. I mean, I guess sometimes you're trying to impress people, but if you're just sitting around talking with your friends, um, yeah, you're not. I, I don't know. It's, I, maybe there. Maybe it's true. Maybe I'm not acting. I don't know. Maybe I'm just mumbling. <laughs> well, that's kind of the the paradox of acting is you want to look like you're not acting, and you kind of want to not be acting. Yeah, and it's, it's very yeah. confusing. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a it's a for me the best uh, you can do is to be invisible, you know, with what you're doing. Like that's basically the highest form of it. So, um. And I, 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 as if I'm watching something, I'm always very sensitive to when I feel like somebody's trying to get some sort of reaction out of me. I don't, I don't appreciate it. So I try not to do that to other people. Yeah. Did you have actors when you were growing up or even later in life that you looked to? Uh, because I, we all remember sort of the flashy performances. Mm-hmm. But for people who like really appreciate subtlety or just like disappearing into characters, who were the actors you sort of looked to? Oh, dear. You know, the usual suspects. I mean, recently at Film Forum, I live in New York, and at Film Forum they um, – they were showing Raging Bull, and I hadn't seen Raging Bull since, probably since I was a teenager, and um, and I went to see it on the big screen. And it's interesting because I had worked, I had finally gotten the opportunity to work with De Niro on uh, David's film uh, Amsterdam, and obviously he's quite different now, you know, uh, much older and whatnot. So. To actually go into a movie theater and see Raging Bull now, and I was totally overwhelmed walking out of the theater. Like, I had almost forgotten uh, the power of... um, of his work in that movie. And then, and then I went and and rewatched Taxi Driver and I was just gobbling up all the, the vintage De Niro performances. And yeah, there was a time I, I look at those performances and I think I've never seen an actor go after something as hard as he did in those performances, you know, um, the, the devotion, the dedication that he displays doing those performances, the the depth of the characterization and how how much he lives in those characters is just astonishing. I also include King of Comedy in that list, which is my probably my my favorite one, just because I love the. I love seeing Robert De Niro and Jerry Lewis and Sandra Bernhardt all in the same movie. I just think that's totally wacky. But Jerry Lewis, even in King of Comedy, um, and unfortunately I've learned since uh, since I've been devoted to that movie, I've learned that Jerry Lewis wasn't always uh, the loveliest human being, and that was kind of a bummer, but... Uh, but I remember thinking, even watching him in that movie, just how insanely good I thought he was, um, and very grounded, and um, 
Yeah. So those those three movies stand out, I guess. Yeah, we were talking um, offline earlier about Killers of the Flower Moon, and you are going to love De Niro in this. Oh yeah. He's and like people were making fun of me because I think one of the biggest tricks that a great actor and a well known actor can pull off is making you forget you're watching Leonardo DiCaprio or you're watching Robert De Niro, mm-hmm. and the fact that they're both able to do that, mm-hmm. and like I almost feel like they're being underrated. Because I'm like, why is everyone not talking about these two? Yeah. I mean, they're doing just fine. They don't need my help, but. <laughs> well, no, Leo, I, I have a lot of respect for for Leo, for sure. I mean, I remember when I worked with him on Revolutionary Road, um, how hardworking he was. and um, And he was very kind to me. Um, and he really... You know, despite the fact that he's probably the one of the biggest movie stars ever, um, was very down to earth and easy to work with, and just again very devoted to just telling the story. and And he had a kind of a thankless role in that. He mm-hmm. wasn't it wasn't a particularly flattering role, but he didn't he didn't seem uncomfortable with that at all. You know. Remind me, did you drool on him or did you spit on him? Drooled. <laughs> I drooled on him. Yeah, it was. Um, yeah, it was a two shot. I lean over when he's sitting at the table. It's the last thing I say before he gets pissed off at me and stands up. But yeah, I don't even know if he noticed really. But he didn't say anything about it. <laughs> but yeah. you noticed. I noticed. Yeah, I just noticed that I drooled on. On Leonardo DiCaprio. <laughs> Did you worry that was the end of it for you, or no? It, it it was it was the end of a very very long day. I think we were all kind of seeing double. Um, yeah, the shooting that scene was um, a beast because there was a lot of coverage, a lot of angles. Sam would do a lot of takes, which I didn't mind back then. I like doing takes. I'm starting. I'm finally starting to get to the point where I'm okay doing less takes. <laughs> it, it, it took a while, but I'm I'm starting to get that crotchety old like, don't we have this yet? Like, let's go. Was it the final scene where the the my friend and his friends and I always find excuses to say I'm glad I'm not that baby. <laughs> um. Yeah, it's the lead up to that. I mean, it starts out we're sitting at the table. It's a brutal scene. Yeah. I I think my line was, "What what's the matter, Frank? Uh, something about being comfy. Yeah, I don't know. I haven't seen the movie, and I don't think I ever saw it after the premiere. I really? Seen, yeah. Is that normal? Do you not like to watch yourself, or you just haven't had time? No, I, I, I really loved watching it once. I think it would be weird to sit around and watch your own movies repeatedly. That that seems a little, yeah, beyond necessary. At the same time, it might be hard for you to avoid it because you've been in so many movies. I was watching – something came up the other day. Uh, oh, uh, they came together, and I forgot you were in that. Yeah, that was a fun little cameo. So much fun. Me and Paul. I love Paul. We did a play together on Broadway. I was there. I was there yeah. the night the person got sick. Oh, vomited. Yes. Oh, you were at the legendary performance. Yeah, wow. But, but it was, I didn't know what was going on. It was yeah. like, it, the way it was played off in the press, they made it sound like 
everyone knew what was happening and it was this big thing. I thought it was actually really well handled. Yeah, it was pretty smooth, I guess, as those things go. <laughs> I mean, it was really – all I remember is it was interesting because I was doing – I was literally doing a monologue about how there's noise in outer space and I kept hearing this noise in the audience and I was kind of addressing – the speech to the audience because I thought somebody was just being rude or something. I didn't realize there was a medical emergency. Yeah. And were they, did, did someone tell you what was going on afterwards? Did they just say someone? Uh, when, we, when we, when we, when we came off stage after the scene, because uh, the stage manager was right there and uh, right when you walk off stage and, and he told us what, what was going on. So then I felt, I felt guilty about being upset about it, but you know it's it's hard to concentrate with a bunch of noise in the audience. Yeah. Yeah. Were they okay? I don't. I actually don't know the story. I just turned yeah, yeah. They were fine. Okay, everybody. Good. No, there were no. Yes, they were fine. <laughs> yeah. I love. I was going. I love asking people who do theater, like, what's the craziest thing that's happened to you on stage? I feel like that one would be tough to beat, but maybe you can. Uh. Well. I've been on stage quite a bit. So, yeah, I've seen some crazy stuff. Um, when I was doing Frankie and Johnny with uh, Audra McDonald uh, right before the pandemic, um, we had to stop. We had stone cold stopped the show one night because somebody had, um, God, what was it, what a stroke? But I'd never done that. I'd never actually just completely stopped a performance oh, wow. like that. And and it was very near the end of the first act. And I had to, I had a big speech at the end of the first act that the whole first act was kind of leading up to. And and then we had to, had to pause so the person could get the care. And then I had to come back out, come back out like 15, 20 minutes later and just launch into this speech that I usually – have the benefit of the whole first act to amp up to, you know, so it was, it was a little, it was tricky. I mean, you think about it, it's actually shocking things don't go wrong more often when you're Mm. putting hundreds of people in a theater together live. Yeah, it is actually, but I guess that's one of the beautiful things about it too. Maybe that's one of the reasons I like it so much is that I think there's something beautiful about that many people just paying attention to something and I don't know, for the most part being quiet and respectful, although phones kind of screwed all that oh, up. They make me crazy. I wish they would confiscate them at the door. Yeah. Right. <laughs> um, so uh, obviously you have so much to talk about between Waco and your, your uh, directorial debut just premiered at Tribeca. Let's start with George and Tammy. Okay. Because this reunites you with Jessica Chastain, who okay. did one of her first movies ever with you, Take Shelter. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. Do you remember meeting her then? I don't know. If, I don't think you had a chemistry read or anything for Take Shelter. I think she was just cast. Yeah. Yeah. I basically met her, I don't a couple, I think a couple of days before we started shooting. Um yeah, I don't know. The story she tells is that um, we we Jeff took me to meet her at this the place where she was staying, and and we approached each other in the parking lot, and she put out her arms like give me a hug, and I went for the handshake or something <laughs> because I was 
I don't know, socially awkward or whatever. She said, no, 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 I'm not shaking your hand. And she gave me a hug. And, yeah, the rest is history. <laughs> I love yeah. that. <laughs> yeah. And I know she's been attached to this. I remember her talking about it 10 years ago. Yeah. At what point did she start talking to you about it, like just telling you about it? And then at what point does she say she wants you to play George? Well, I wasn't – it wasn't really my part uh, all those years ago when uh, – uh, Jessica first got attached to it. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, is this common knowledge? Is it? I mean, I know that at one point Josh Brolin was. Yeah, it was Josh, yeah. right? It was Josh, it was Josh Brolin was going to play George Jones. Uh, that was the deal. I mean, Josh is the one who asked Jessica to play Tammy. I didn't know that. Oh. Yeah, Josh, uh, uh, Jessica was at the, I think it was the Golden Globes. And Josh just walked up to her point blank and said, hey, you want to play Tammy Wynette? And Jessica said, sure, okay. And uh, then, you know, 10 years went by. And um, I guess when it started to come together for real, um, Josh was like, you know what, I think I'm not, I don't, I don't, for whatever reason, I'm not, I'm not going to do it. And so when that happened, Jessica started calling me up because she, Still wanted to do it, and um, and I I was hesitant at first because I I didn't I didn't really a I didn't really know much about George Jones, but b I knew enough about George Jones to think that I'm not really much like George Jones, uh, just from on a superficial I don't really look like him, or and I knew he's an incredible singer and and all of this and. It was kind of an intimidating uh, proposition, you know. So, but she kind of she wouldn't she wouldn't take no for an answer because um, she had a hunch that I could pull it off, I guess. So, um, yeah, eventually I gave in. It was kind of similar to like uh, when they approached me about playing Elvis. It was a very similar situation. I I started out by saying, you know, you must be out of your mind, and then. <laughs> And then eventually I said yes. So, yeah. Speaking of, did you and Austin Butler compare notes on your Elvi? No, no. We just had a very brief, you know, I said, hey, I really loved what you did. And he said, yeah, I liked what you did too. And that was it. Well, I really like performances that, I mean, there, there's going to be a level of imitation in it, obviously, mm. especially when someone's like so iconically well-known. Yeah. But I really prefer when people go for the essence yeah. of a person or a character rather than like concentrating so much on trying to look like them. Yeah. Um, and I feel like is that sort of the key for you too? Yeah. I mean, yeah, there's not much point. If you're telling a story um, – the impersonation isn't very valuable, really. I mean, the 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 thing that's worthwhile in doing it at all is to, to go a little bit beyond that or deeper than that, you know. And in both of those instances, I had the benefit of um, meeting people that were very close to either to Elvis or to George, friends of his. Basically, in both instances, I met one of the, the closest friends. When I played Elvis, I met Jerry, spent a lot of time with Jerry Schilling. When I played George, I spent a lot of time with uh, Earl Peanut Montgomery and his wife, Charlene, and they were very, very close with George. And um, and they both 
in both instances made it abundantly clear that what was the most important thing to them was that um, their friend uh, be treated with respect and and given you know the dignity of you know what they went through and because even if you're you know Elvis Presley or George Jones and you're super highly regarded in what you do and successful it doesn't mean your life is uh, going to be a walk in the park you know so both of those fellas went through a, a lot of of hard stuff and and so yeah um they really just yeah Jerry I think put it my favorite way he put it he said I a lot of people try to look like my friend or sound like my friend but not not many people are very good at imagining what it was like to actually be him. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's what I try to do. Yeah. I mean, I'm always curious about, cause there's so much research out there that you can, you can obviously do when someone has lived a real full life, but is there anything that like you found in the research, just like a small thing, even that if it didn't work its way into the series, it just really informed your performance. <sighs> I, there's so much. I mean, so many little anecdotes, and you know, one of the, one of the things that I actually asked Abe if I could put into the show was, uh, and actually found its way in, was um, a story George told about going to meet one of his idols, uh, Lefty Frizzell, and um, at at the point in time that George went to visit him. Uh, Lefty's career was pretty much over and his um, wife had put him in the basement and kept him down in the basement and Lefty just sat in the basement drinking vodka all day long and George went to visit him and, and how that impacted him seeing this man that was his idol, you know, one of his idols just completely devastated and alone and uh i just yeah that uh that really moved me so and and it actually wound up in the in the show made its way into the show i thought they wove it in uh at just the right spot very gracefully yeah was it something abe knew or something that you brought to him i'm pretty sure Abe would have come across it at some point. I mean, Abe, nobody did more research on this than Abe. I mean, Abe left no stone unturned. Um, and it's in, it's in George's autobiography. So all you have to do is, is read that and it's, and it's in there. So, but in terms of like, trying to, you know, when you only have six episodes and you're making decisions like what's, What's important? What can I fit in here? What hits goes by the wayside? I said, I think I think this is important. I would like for this to be in there because it it seemed like a real seminal experience in George's life. How much does it help to to step into those amazing clothes or put on that hat? Any of those, like, because he was a very sharply dressed man. Mm-hmm. How much does that help you as an actor just, like, lock in that final piece of performance? You can't not feel like a badass in those scenes. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Mitchell, our costume designer, did an extraordinary job. Um, uh, 
And yeah, I, I loved every single costume that I had. I, I loved, and and there was a quite a variety to them. I actually think my favorite costume is my uh, tank top and my little shorts I wear when I go to Tammy's wedding, <laughs> and I'm getting getting in trouble with the cops. I, I like that outfit quite a bit. Um, Did you keep that one? I would think. No, I didn't keep any of the outfits. Uh, Jessica was always like, "You should keep. You know, this stuff is tailor made for you. These suits and everything." I'm like, "Yeah, but it would just feel weird wearing them in my like personal like. It's they're not mine. They're his. Um, but uh, yeah, the clothes were very important, obviously, because they were important to George. You know, he he, he took his appearance very seriously. Um, and style and he was very attuned to like colors and you know obviously he decorated his houses and you know he was very um could have probably been some sort of visual artist had he not been a, a singer or, or a designer, designer. Yeah, yeah. yeah yeah but um yeah the clothes the clothes always help i find no matter what the the job is um they really are like it's kind of getting locked in, yeah. Uh, this may sound like a weird compliment, but th- I have a few pet peeves when I watch actors like bad wigs take uh. me out of things. So bad phone acting, when you know there's no one on the other line. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and people yeah. playing drunk. Oh yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you're so good at playing drunk. Mm. I hope you take that as a compliment. Not Thank as, you. Yeah. I'm very flattered, of course. No, because you can't go too far that it's not believable. But yeah. also, you know, when when people are drunk, they're acting out and crazy. Yeah. How do you sort of find that balance? You've done it a few times now, but especially in George and Tammy. Yeah, I think. Um... I think the first step really is to just not get up too uptight about it. Like, it's funny when I hear people, people really go through a lot of mental gymnastics trying to figure this out. I'm like, I mean, I've been drunk, so I know what it's like. And regardless of whether your character's drunk or not in the scene, there's probably something more important going on so it's kind of it shouldn't ever become like the the primary focus you know of it's more just like a a detail if you don't focus too much on it or get too anxious about it it, you know um but i don't really yeah i can't say i really have any tricks or methodology about it I, i i i guess i'm just Maybe drawing from life experience. <laughs> but when you're drunk, you think you're being wonderful and charming. You don't know what you look like. You usually there's yeah. been exceptions where you know you're a mess. Yeah, so. yeah. Well, I mean, I can't help but be wonderful and charming, no matter what the circumstances. It's just my curse. Um, but I do want to talk about you. Just had your premiere of the, your, the film you directed, Eric LaRue, at Tribeca. Correct. Have you been wanting to direct for a while? Oh, no. I, I always swore I'd never direct, actually. I, I, I always thought it looked uh, terrifying. Um, I mean, I've directed theater, 
but uh, directing a film just seems like entirely too much responsibility for me. But I don't know. I read this script, um, and it just moved me a great deal. And it's written by a friend of mine, a colleague, somebody I've worked with in the theater for years. So, um, yeah. And I, I thought it might be a decent one to start with because there weren't any huge set pieces or anything, really. It's mostly just people talking. So I figured I should be able to handle that. Did you ever do it as a play? Because didn't your theater company do it? Our theater uh, produced Eric LaRue in uh, 2002. Uh, I wasn't, I didn't have anything to do with that production. I wasn't in it. I didn't direct it. I just, I just watched it a lot. Oh, so you had seen it. I had seen it. But the play is quite different. I mean, the, the core scenes from the play are in the movie, but he's also added a lot to it and added some characters that you never saw in the play. And he, he opened it up quite nicely, actually. The play is very sparse. It's really, um, when we did it, there wasn't even a set. It was just like chairs and basically an empty stage. So this is a little more involved. Yeah. Now, I haven't seen it yet because I don't know if anyone's seen it outside of Tribeca, but my friend went and said that Judy Greer was mind-blowing. She is. She is mind-blowing. She's there tonight, actually, is our second screening, which oh. is, I believe, taking place as we speak. Oh, screenings in Tribeca. I thought you meant tonight. I yeah. Here. No, I thought you meant in L.A. No, no, like... no, no, no. It's our second Tribeca screening. Our first one was on Saturday, and then we have one more on Thursday. And... You know, we're trying to get um, someone to distribute it. I think we're off to a strong start. I guess I haven't read them, but there's been some positive notices. In I've the, heard nothing but great things. In the trades. And those were from some of my toughest friends, too. Oh, really? So, yeah. It's hard not to like Judy. I, I If someone watched it and said, oh, Judy Greer, I don't like her, then they would be my mortal enemy. <laughs> because, I mean, the woman is just... Just pure heart and soul. Yeah. What's it like to be your mortal enemy? I don't think that's a position I'd want to be in. Well, a lot of people in this city know all about it. (laughs) (laughs) How do they sleep at night? Yeah, exactly. Good question. Um, But you're not at the screen because you're here in L.A. because you have the Flash premiere tonight. That's right. So we have enough time. You can tell us everything that happens in the Flash. Well, it starts out. He starts, he's on the track team at school. He's running the 400 meter dash. Oh, this is the Flash, not Zod. Yeah, the Flash. Oh, okay, okay. The Flash. Yeah, no, Zod doesn't, Zod wasn't on the track team. Did <laughs> you have track on, on Krypton? No. Um, so anyway, he's running a 400 meter dash and he, he gets a, a world record time and they realize there's something about this kid. He's really fast and it just kind of goes from there. Yeah, yeah. Now, see, I assume you're kidding. You might not be. Yeah. Um, but I want to see this now. Yeah? Yeah. I should remake it. No, <laughs> I shouldn't say that. I haven't seen it yet. That's um, right. You're seeing it for the first time I'm tonight. seeing it for the first time tonight. Yeah. But I sure like Andy. He's a fun guy to work Great. with. And his sister produces the, the, the movie. I like her, too. Were you an It fan? 
I, you know, I haven't seen it. I can I can never manage to get to, that book. is gigantic. It's so big, but I no, I, 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 I haven't seen it. I haven't seen it. Oh, it's actually it's really good. Yeah, and it's really like especially the first one. It's really all about like trauma and you know you know literature is a metaphor. I've oh, learned, yeah. and so yeah, like, yeah, it's yeah. Just these, Horrific occurrences, but it's it's actually beautiful. Huh. Uh, I should check it out. I liked um. I like The Shining. I like I love that the one. Shining. Oh, you know what Stephen King movie I really like is The Dead Zone, it's with Christopher Walken and yep. Martin Sheen. God, I love that movie. Love That's that movie. Cronenberg, right? Mm-hmm. Man, and it's so beautifully tragic. I think yeah. it's so beautiful. That movie freaked me out as a kid. I think that's my favorite Stephen King movie. Dead I mean, zone. if you're counting like Shawshank Redemption or Green Mile or stuff like that or Stand By Me, it might be one of those. But in terms of horror, yeah. Dead Zone, the yeah, best. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I, I referenced- I did a scene from when I was in speech team in high school. I did a scene basically from Stand By Me. I mean, oh, we it's the same dialogues in this because the story is called The Body yep. in different seasons. And the scene is basically verbatim in the novella, and it's in the movie. But I did the scene. I guess it would have been. I guess I would have been the River Phoenix character. Was and he says something like, "Friends pull you down. You, like you try to get a, your friends, they drag you down." Um, it was a. It was. A, it was a minute ago. It was a long time ago. Is it one where he's talking about how he got in trouble at school? And then, but it was for something he didn't do. Yeah. Did you go straight from George and Tammy into Waco: The Aftermath? Pretty, pretty straight. Yeah. Okay, and then yeah. after that, into the end. After Waco: The Aftermath, I directed my movie. Oh, okay. Eric Larue, and then I went and edited my movie. And while I was editing my movie, I did Bike Riders, which is where we started, and then I did a play in New York called Des Moines, written by the late, great Dennis Johnson, who I had the privilege of knowing and working with a few times. And then after Des Moines, I went and did the end. So do you have like any comedies or or something shooting in Hawaii coming up (laughs) shortly? Well, I, I don't know what's going on right now with the strike, you know? Oh, I know. I mean, I don't... I don't know what I'm going to be doing this summer. I've I've had all kinds of crazy notions. I thought maybe I'd try and take up, you know, stand-up comedy or something. Would you really? I, I was thinking about That's it. That's the most terrifying thing I can think of. Yeah. Literally nothing terrifies me more. Yeah, shake it up, you know? <laughs> well, that's so funny because I've, I've always wondered if you've been asked yet to host Saturday Night Live. No, they, I think Lauren Michaels is, I don't know, scared of me or thinks <laughs> I smell funny or something. I don't know. <laughs> the guy won't arrest me. And it's like I know a lot of people yeah. that have that are comedy people. Um, You've done so many comedies too at mm, this point. Like, I I mean, yeah, I I don't know. I don't know what it is. I, I I've kind of lost hope. Oh, but my, my publicist to... says I'll get on there someday, but I don't blame her. So you're open know. to it? Yeah, I do it. Okay, but I've it. never been asked. I I've mean, never been asked. That's crazy to me, because especially because they love theater people. Yeah. Yeah, because they know that that they can do anything when they come on. Yeah. So I'm adaptable. <laughs> I'm malleable. That's Michael Shannon, star of Showtime's George and Tammy. 
And that's it for this edition of Variety's Award Circuit Podcast. Zach Levin edited this episode, and Michael Schneider is the producer. Be sure to subscribe to the Award Circuit Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you download podcasts. Also, head on over to Variety.com and click on the Award Circuit tab to find the latest awards predictions and key races, as well as your daily fix of news, analysis, and reviews. For Jazz Take, Emily Longaretta, and Clayton Davis, I'm Michael Schneider, and we'll see you on the circuit. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.